0: You are listening to Angie's Campfire Stories, a podcast for kids by kids. I am your host, Angela Alvarez, and I'll be sharing a scary story with you each week. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or any other platform that you can get your podcast from. Today's episode, I will be retelling Edgar Allan Poe's short story, The Fall of the House of Usher. On a dark and silent day in the fall, when the heavy clouds hung low in the sky, I was riding alone on horseback through a very boring part of the country. Eventually, I found myself as the evening approached near the gloomy House of Usher. I didn't know a thing about the house of Usher at the time, but the minute I saw it, a horrible sense of darkness came over me. I looked at the scene before me, the house, the simple path leading up to it, the empty windows and the dying trees, and I felt a kind of despair that I've never felt before. I felt sick at heart, but I did not understand why. What was it? I wondered. What was it that so frightened me when I looked at the house of Usher? It was a mystery that I could not begin to understand, yet my fear was very real. How I longed to turn and ride in the opposite direction. Even so, I directed my horse toward the house and made my way slowly through the mist. I had no choice as the house of Usher was my destination. I had been invited here by its owner, one of my boyhood friends, Roderick Usher. Usher had sent me a wild letter begging me to come, that I felt I must reply in person. In his letter, he spoke of a terrible illness that kept him in the house, and a mental illness that caused him great confusion. He wanted to see me, he said, because I was his best, his only friend. If I would come, he said, it would cheer him. He sounded desperate in his letter, so I packed my bags quickly and made my plans to go. Although as boys, we were very good friends, I hadn't seen Roderick Usher for years He had been a shy child who spoke only when he absolutely had to. The ushers kept to themselves, so it was no surprise that I hadn't heard from him for many years. In his letter, Usher explained that he had never married or had children. He was the last of the ushers, and the family name would die when he died. I considered that perhaps this was the reason that he was feeling so desperate and unhappy. As I rode toward the house, I allowed my imagination to run wild. A murky grey mist surrounded the house, separating it from the rest of the world. The house itself was very old. It had been badly stained by age and a type of fungus that covered it and had caused the stones of the building to crumble in places. Adding to the general look of decay was a barely visible crack in the stone that began at the roof. It went in a zigzag fashion, all the way down the front of the house to the dark and murky mountain lake that lapped against the stone. The lake, which was as black as night, was undoubtedly the source of the mist that hung over the house. I noted all of these things as I rode slowly over a short bridge that ended at the front door. A waiting servant took my horse and led me into a gothic archway that led to the entrance hall here i was met by another servant who silently led me through many dark passageways toward the room of his master much that i saw on my strange tour added to my nervousness the carvings on the ceiling the dark tapestries on the walls the endless blackness of the floors, and the fantastic prizes and coats of arms that rattled as I passed by. Why did they make me think that I was going somewhere that no one in his right mind would ever want to go? On one of the staircases, I met the family doctor. I thought his face had a look of sly confusion. He seemed to look at me fearfully and to want to speak to me, but the servant hurried on. He now threw open the door and ushered me into his master's room. The room in which I found myself was very large. The windows were long, narrow, and pointed. They were so high off the floor that it would have been impossible for me to touch even the lowest part of the window sill. But because the room was so large, the light never touched the shadows in every corner. Dark draperies hung upon the walls. The furniture was uncomfortable, old, and torn. Many books and musical instruments were scattered here and there. The room, I decided, in an instant, was the gloomiest I had ever seen. Upon my entrance, Usher rose from a sofa on which he had been lying. He greeted me with a lively warmth that I at first thought was overdone. A glance at his face, however, told me otherwise, He was truly happy to have me here. After this greeting, we sat down and studied each other in silence. As I looked at him, I felt a terrible sense of pity mixed with wonder. How could a man have changed so much in such a short period of time? I couldn't believe that this pale man was my childhood friend, but his face had always been remarkable. He had a pale, thin face with large eyes. His lips were thin and pale, but had a beautiful curve. His chin was well-shaped but weak, his forehead high. What startled me was his paleness and the glitter in his eyes. His hair was fine and floated like a web around his face. Worse yet was my friend's manner. He simply could not sit still. His hands moved, his feet jerked, his eyes shifted. in a nervous shaking that was terrible to watch. His speaking voice was nearly as odd as his manner. At times he shouted, at times he whispered, and at times he spoke in a complete monotone. Usher believed that he was unable to leave his house. For years he had stayed indoors within its walls and had no idea of what went on in the outside world. He admitted that although he had been ill for years, something more had led him to feel so desperate these last few weeks. His beloved sister, his only companion for long years, was also very ill and would die soon. Her death, he said, with a bitterness that I will never forget, would leave him a hopeless, sickly man, the last of the long race of Usher. While he spoke the Lady Madeline, for so she was called, passed slowly through the other end of the room, and without noticing my presence disappeared. I looked at Madeline with astonishment and dread, although I cannot explain why I would have these feelings. My eyes followed her as she walked across the room, and then I stared for a moment or two at the door she had closed behind her. When I turned to her brother again, I saw that he had buried his face in his hands, and that a trickle of tears had seeped out between his pale and bony fingers. I later learned that the disease of the Lady Madeline had long baffled her doctors. She had been gradually wasting away for years, although no one could find out why. The night before I arrived, she had finally taken to her bed and was too weak to get up again. The glimpse I had had of her would probably be my last. In fact, Usher said it was very likely that I would never see the Lady again. For the next several days of my visit, Usher didn't mention his sister during these days. I spent most of my time trying to cheer the poor man. We painted and read together, or listened while he played wild music on his guitar. His mood was gloomy and dark at all times during the day. It became darker still each evening when the night began to fall. How could I forget the sound of his stark, endless playing? Many times as he played, he recited bizarre rhymes that showed his excitement about the music. I remember one of these poems quite well. The poem was called The Haunted Palace. It was about a beautiful palace in a green and lovely valley. After years of happiness, the palace is suddenly overcome by sorrow. At the end of the poem, a hideous crowd of laughing spirits attacks the palace and haunts the people who live there. I cannot tell of the wildness of his ideas. The fungus that covered his house, he thought of as a living, breathing thing that was capable of a full range of thoughts and feelings. It had all molded his family and made him what he was. Opinions like this need no comment, and I will make none. Usher's collection of books was as strange as his paintings and his music. Usher would spend hours dreaming over these ideas and I wonder what effect their grimness had on his mental state. One evening, after I had been at the house for perhaps two weeks, Usher told me rather suddenly that his sister Madeline had died. Without pausing, he explained that he intended to keep her corpse for two weeks or more within one of the vaults that were under the main part of the building. He decided to do this, he said, because he wanted to give her doctors a chance to examine her body in a search for clues about her illness. After her body was placed in a coffin by the servants, he and I carried the coffin down to the area under the house. It had been used, apparently, in past times as a type of terrible dungeon for prisoners. Although she had been sick For many years, Madeline looked surprisingly well lying in her coffin. There was even a slight blush on her cheeks. After we had shut the huge iron door of the vault, we made our way back up to less gloomy rooms. For several days afterwards, Usher wept and grieved, and then one day a change came over him. He roamed from room to room with hurried steps, back and forth, back and forth. He spoke only in a whisper now, and I could hear his voice shaking day after day. It was, I believe, the seventh night after placing the Lady Madeline in the vault that I became very frightened. A storm was blowing outside. As I lay in bed, I became aware of a strange series of sounds somewhere within the house. A moment later, I heard a light rap on the door, and Usher entered with a lamp in his hand. Have you seen it? You have not seen it? Well then wait! You shall! He hurried over to the window, and threw it open. The storm that had been raging for hours rushed in, and nearly lifted us off our feet. You must not! You shall not look at this! I said with a shiver, and led Usher away from the window. This strange light! which frightens you so, has something to do with the storm and its effect on the mountain lake. Let's close the window, and then I will read one of your favorite books to you. We'll sit together for the rest of this terrible night. Right in the middle of my reading, I was interrupted by a small sound that seemed to be coming from the other end of the house. I stopped to listen, and then decided that the storm outside had made the sound. So I continued reading. After another two pages or so, I once again was forced to stop. This time there could be no doubt. From somewhere in the house, there came a distant but harsh grating sound that sent shivers down my spine. Usher was slowly rocking from side to side. Bending closely over him, I was able to hear what he was saying. Not hear it? Yes, I hear it, for many hours many days I have heard it, and yet I dare not speak. We have put her alive in the tomb. I heard her moving in her coffin. I heard her many days ago, yet I dare not speak. And now, tonight, the breaking of her coffin and the grating of the iron door of her prison. Oh, where shall I go? Is she coming for me? Is she coming to punish me for bearing her alive? I have heard her footsteps on the stair. I have heard the heavy and horrible beating of her heart. You, sir, he screamed, turning to me at last. You are the madman. With these words, he sprang to his feet and shrieked. Madman, I tell you that she now stands outside the door. Suddenly, the huge door at which Usher was pointing swung slowly back, and there, standing outside the door, stood the figure of the Lady Madeline. There was blood on her white robes. For a moment, she remained trembling in the doorway. Then, with a low moaning cry, fell upon her brother. And in her violent and now final death, Agnes pushed him to the floor. A corpse, a victim to the horrors he had been expecting all along. From that room and from that house, I fled in terror. The storm was still raging as i ran across the bridge suddenly along the path there was a bolt of wild light that came from somewhere behind me i turned and stared in wonder at the house i saw now that the light was shining through the crack as i watched the crack slowly widened allowing huge gusts of wind to whip through the two parts of the house there was a terrible shouting sound like the sound of a thousand rushing rivers the mighty walls of the house slowly collapsed inward and began to sink. Then I watched as the waters of the deep, dark lake closed silently over the fragments of the house of Usher.